Welcome to Didn't See It Coming, the podcast about brands that learn from the past, are looking to the future, and are profiting because of it today. I'm your host, Mark Stoiber. Just a short while ago, Pepsi pulled an ad off the air because of an outrage on social media. Now, the ad was a stinker, I'll have to admit that. But more interesting, I wanted to dissect this ad with you. I went on the air, on the radio, talking to host Mark Brenny on CFAX about this ad, what Pepsi had done, and more important, what they'd done wrong. The whole point is to help brands figure out how they can avoid making the same mistake. Let's listen in on our conversation. Consider the case of Pepsi, which just a few days ago put out a TV ad which came under heavy, heavy fire on social media. So vapid was this ad, according to many, uh, Pepsi pulled it. The ad stars Kendall Jenner, that's Caitlyn and Chris Jenner's daughter. In the commercial, she's posing in a photo shoot as a group of people starts to gather for an unrelated protest. But it's not until a Pepsi arrives that Kendall is moved to understand the importance of this protest. Let's find out why Pepsi pulled the plug. Our guest is Mark Stoiber, brand strategy consultant and entrepreneur and the author of Didn't See It Coming. Hi, Mark. How you doing? Always grand. Thank you for taking the time out in Vancouver. You're in the main, on the mainland today. Why was there such an outpouring of outrage? Oh. About this ad? You see what I did there? Outpouring? Outpo- oh, it's the, king, it's the king of the cliché. He's back. He's go. back on the throne. Oh, there Mark. What, Mark, it why, is... Why were people so upset? It, it's, it's hard to know where to start. There are so many things wrong with this ad and uh it's just unbelievable this is one of the the reasons why i I dropped out of mainstream advertising and and went more into helping companies build directly their brands it's just because you look at this and you go oh no there's so many things wrong first off the job of advertising is to sell product. As soon as you cross those wires, you say, this is an ad that is there to sell brown sugar water, and you start to confuse your mission with social justice and social commentary, things start to go very wrong very, very quickly. You know, when you start to see a, a, a protest, and this one is uh, loosely and very, in a disney sort of sanitized way, modeled on Black Lives Matter protests, when you start to see these protests looking like they're going down Main Street in Disneyland, and then Pepsi bottles and cans are, are thrust in there, it, it's, it looks cynical at the very best. At the very best, it looks cynical. And the spot just goes downhill from there for two and a half inglorious minutes. Now, did it ever air? I mean, it was around yes. the internet. But did it air on television? Yes. Yes, it was on it did, TV. Eh? And it got pulled off TV. Apologies by Pepsi. You know, but the, the list of injustices go on here. You know, you go, uh, the, 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 the Kardashians, love them or hate them, uh, are the absolute poster children for appropriation of cultural icons. You look at the, the boxer braids, the full lips, the full-shaped bodies. They have been doing stuff that, that Latina women and, and African-American women have been made to feel bad about for years and years. They appropriate that. There's one wonderful moment in this mini-film, Pepsi calls. It's because it's not a 30-second commercial. It's two and a half minutes where Kendall Jenner rips off her wig and, and she goes out in the street and she gets transformed from a pale-skinned girl to 
an ethnic girl. To anybody who wants to take a look at the ad, jump in, it's called, take a look at that moment. So she actually changes color. And, uh, you know, you're gobsmacked. You really, you don't know where to start. So how does a corporation such as Pepsi, big, big, they've been advertising for eons. They know what they're doing. How do they, and they obviously, two and a half minute uh, spot, uh, they and a lot beautifully, of it, it was shot. It was shot like Spartacus. It was beautiful. This spot cost millions of dollars to shoot. So it wasn't just a small whoops. You do know that there's a scene in Spartacus where, what's his name, that, uh, that horrible actor who's dead now? Uh, yes. The guy, uh, out of my dead, cold dead hands. What's his name? I don't know. I don't, you yeah, know who uh, I mean. Charlton Heston. Charlton you know who Heston. I mean. Charlton oh, it's Heston. long enough. He died a long time ago. I'm not being insensitive. Charlton Heston. He's wearing a watch. Yes. In one of the scenes of Spartacus. Yes. Anyway, go ahead. A famous scene. How does Pepsi manage to do this? That is the perennial question because this happens again and again. And the only thing I can tell you is having lived and breathed big, big brands for a long time, working with some of the biggest, um, I know that as you get into these ivory towers of marketing, that the reality yeah. of the real world starts to fall away. And I can guarantee you two, th- three things. One, it was a young creative team working on this, looking to be edgy. Two, they were working with a Pepsi marketing team who was trying not to offend anyone. So you have that magical combination. Oh, but they offended everybody. They offended everybody. <laughs> exactly. So they have this team who's trying to be edgy and out there. And I can guarantee you this team has never been within 100 miles of a real protest because you just know. And they, they start working with the Pepsi team. And the Pepsi team says, can we tone that down? Can we make it a little more Disney? Can we make it a little more Hannah Montana? And then a third thing I can guarantee you is that they focus group test this out the wazoo so that any sort of edge this spot may have had, even though it started from such a principally wrong position, but any edge this spot may have had was filed off nicely by 12 people drinking lukewarm cola and, 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 and bad sandwiches sounding off about what they think was wrong about the spot. Okay, well, let me ask you this. Let me play the, uh, the devil's advocate. Uh, if they, they, they tested this and they had focus groups, how is it that the focus groups didn't go, no, 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 this is really bad. You can't release this. I don't know. What but happened I, there? I, I can tell you that I've been in a number of Maybe focus groups Maybe they weren't millennials. Myself. Well, that, that's one of the things. I think that this spot hasn't, hasn't uh, been within 100 miles of millennials or, or, or people who are, are, uh, you know, who, are, who are concerned about social justice, who are into you know, the whole idea of making a difference. Maybe they just tested it in Santa Monica. I don't know where they tested it. But, uh, you know, focus groups, I've been in a number of situations and the, the, the thing of, like, with focus groups and the thing that happens is groupthink starts to take over and you start to have people say, yeah, that, you know, it would make a good statement about, you know, Black Lives Matter and, and young people protesting. But why don't we throw some, we'll throw some more multi-ethnic kids in and we'll throw some lesbian. Oh, they got everybody gay. in there. They got, they've they got, got the LGBTs in there. They got the Muslim girl who's the frustrated photographer who finds redemption by taking a picture of Kendall Jenner giving a Pepsi to a policeman and solving the entire confrontation. I, 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 so, uh, well, I'm going to have a heart attack here just, just thinking about this book. <laughs> the funniest line I, I saw was the Toronto Star, the subheadline, and gosh, I've got my papers are all messed up here, but I got it here someplace. Oh, I know it was something along the lines of uh, 
Pepsi offers the world a Coke. <laughs> Because they basically shot themselves in the foot. Oh, uh, yeah. I, when we come back, I want to I continue this. I want to go over a couple of other commercials that also were just really bad. Yes. But we got to give Pepsi its due. Uh, the company, PepsiCo, pulled the ad, so it's yes. so good on them. Yes. Let's take a quick break. When we come back, we'll continue our conversation. Mark Stoiber is a brand strategy consultant. He's a book writer. He writes books, so he knows words. He's a wordsmith. Uh, his latest is uh, Didn't See It Coming. I hope you've been enjoying this show to this point. You're probably asking yourself, if Pepsi can't avoid making a mistake like that with all the money and a lot of smart people that they have, how can I avoid making a mistake like that with my own brand? Well, we're human. Mistakes do happen. But there are fundamental steps that you can take to insulate your brand from slip-ups like Pepsi's. I created a guide called BrandDIY.com. That's B-R-A-N-D-D-I-Y.com. It's got a lot of those fundamentals built right into it. Check it out. And when you download it, don't forget to type in DIY10 for a 10% discount. Let me know what you think. Now let's get back to the show. This is from the Pepsi-Cola Corporation. Pepsi was trying to project a global message of unity, peace, and understanding. Clearly, we missed the mark, and we apologize. We did not intend to make uh, make light of any issue, uh, any serious issue. We are removing the content and halting any further rollout. We also apologize for putting Kendall Jenner in this position. If you're just joining us, we're talking about a commercial that was uh, very short-lived on the Internet and on television, two-and-a-half-minute-long commercial for Pepsi. And it featured Kendall Jenner. And yes, she is Caitlyn and Chris Jenner's daughter, the Kardashians and all that jazz. And uh, basically made Pepsi look very cynical. They were trying to appeal to everybody. And the one, the one segment of the, uh, the market they didn't appeal to uh, were people that protest in earnest, people that actually have some real problems. And it was uh, really, really nailed by the Internet. People, especially millennials, took to Twitter and other social media and absolutely just hammered Pepsi. But Pepsi did the right thing. It stopped the uh, commercial, and it apologized. That's how bad it was. No swearing, nothing like that. It, it just really, really came off as cynical and, uh, well, opportunistic, in my opinion. Our guest is Mark Stoiber. He's a brand strategy consultant and, a, and an entrepreneur and the author of Didn't See It Coming. This is right up his alley because you know about these kind of commercials. Uh, sometimes companies uh, miss the mark, and this is a great example of that, right? It happens all the time. It happens all the time. And, and I think, Mark, you know, the, 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 at the very, very core of it is a, a brand that forgets what it's in the business of doing. And Pepsi is in the business of selling, you know, colored sugar water, and they should stick with that. And, you know, these are brand fundamentals, but we saw it in, in, in such glaring light during the dot-com boom, the early 2000s, when companies like E-Trade and Pets.com were making millions and millions of dollars and spending huge money at the Super Bowl. And you saw these ads where, you know, there was a whole bunch of cowboys riding around, herding cats. What was the, what was the company that that commercial was made for? Herding cats. Uh, it was a Microsoft? famous, fa- no, famous, famous commercial. What was the Which name one? of the company? What did the company do? There was another company, same Super Bowl, that shot gerbils at its logo. Uh, 
uh, some sort of consulting, something Alex is saying. It here. was Outpost.com. No? It was Outpost.com. Outpost. No, I don't recall. What does Outpost.com do? Nobody knows. But this, no is, idea. this is what happens when companies forget successful oh, but let companies. Me, let me take you, let me, fair enough, but let me play devil's advocate again, because yeah. you and I have talked about this, this ad uh, on the air a couple of times yeah. during the Super Bowl. Uh, the 1984 motif, yes, that great ad, and again, people didn't know what it was, and that was effective because it got people talking. Hold on a minute, that that takes me exactly to the point. The check is in the mail. Thank you very much for setting that up. That was that's exactly what I'm driving at. That ad was all about the triumph of good over evil, over innovation, over drudgery, and and being the same, over looking different, over thinking different. That's what that commercial was all about. So it hit the nail on the head. Apple's brand promises that with us, you will be more creative, innovative. You won't be a drudge. You will not but be people, like that person in 1984. They, did, they didn't know what the product was, and yet it was successful. And, and you're talking about the gerbil one. Yes. So what's the difference? Why the did difference, Apple succeed the, while the uh, The difference is simple. Didn't. The difference is simple. Outpost.com, what do they do? We still don't know. Nobody knew they went out of business. That's how bad the ad was. But the ad had nothing to do with any product benefit of Outpost.com. We don't know what it's for. Tell me, what is the product benefit of Pepsi? Okay, you're going to jump in and say, all right, Kendall Jenner gives a Pepsi to a cop and she solves uh, you know, racial hatred because of that. You're going, okay, there's the product benefit, fair enough. But that product benefit is like saying this horse can jump, so therefore it can jump over the Grand Canyon. It is so outrageously exaggerated, and exaggeration is advertising's business, but it is so outrageously exaggerated that it loses all links to common sense or, or just even tangible reality. And then it crosses the line going, not only can Pepsi make people happy, but it can make people happy who are in the middle of terrible egregious sort of, uh, you know, racial riots. People are getting killed. People are getting gassed. But Kendall Jenner, the privileged daughter of two people who made a living by being outrageous and degrading themselves, can solve racial hatred by giving a cop a Pepsi Cola. Again, I'm going to have a heart attack just thinking about this. There's a a great tweet. Somebody by the name of Zito Mm -hmm. uh, tweeted this, and it's a photo of uh, a young black man. Looks like he might be in his teens, and Mm -hmm. it's a black and white photo. It's probably in Watts, two police officers. Yes. Officers. And they're beating beating the crap out of him. Beating the crap out of this young kid. And uh, Zito, in his tweet, says, Kendall, please give him a Pepsi. Yes, exactly. And I thought that really captured it because there's a part of that Pepsi commercial we're talking about where it's implied that Pepsi can solve the problems. It's and that's very, very, very cynical. Now, Mark, I have to, I have to, I have to give a shout out to a couple of people. Um, one fella who dialed me into this ad wrote a fantastic article on LinkedIn. His name is Eric Thomas. It's called "How to Make Millennials Hate You the Pepsi Way" by Eric Thomas. And another one appeared in the New York Times today by Nathaniel Benjamin. And both of these people who wrote these stories have an incredibly good, astute grasp of how big brands go incredibly wrong and do stuff like this. And I would advise anybody to read it because, you know, we only have a limited time, but there is a a pattern here and you can track it and you can, it's a very, very interesting story how big brands where you go, these guys should be smart how they can make missteps like that, and they do it regularly. Did you hear the one about uh, Yves Saint Laurent? 
No. This was this was just a couple of weeks ago as well, March 7th. I'm looking uh, at an article here. Yves Saint Laurent's degrading ads spark outrage. I meant to send this to you, uh, send this to you earlier. Basically, it shows um, a model, a very tall model, and she really needs someone give her a sandwich. I mean, come on, like she's way too skinny. I mean, this is ridiculous. Someone feed this poor poor woman. And she's got uh, she's wearing uh, she's got roller skates on. They're stiletto roller skates. So picture that they're stilettos with skate with wheels below that. So her legs are very long. She's scantily dressed and she's leaning over uh, a stool. And uh, a lot of women felt that it was going a little bit too far. Uh, I can't disagree. It's it's not sexy. It's not it's not anything other than just sort of Yves Saint Laurent's just sort of selling sex. Like it's just awful. It's degrading. Okay. Anyway, uh, okay. it got it got the same kind of thing. Uh, East Saint Laurent was inundated with all kinds of people calling this ad degrading, uh, and this was an ad that ran in Europe, and I believe they pulled it as well. Okay, I, I'll, I'll see you your uh, uh, sexism, and I'll, I'll raise you one Egyptian Spring uprising. During the Egyptian Spring uprising, uh, it was uh, the, uh, Kenneth Cole, the shoemaker, who wrote on Twitter. Uh, we see that people are in the streets in Egypt, all up in arms. They must have heard about our shoe sale. That was, oh, the, that was the tweet that was heard around the world. And then yeah. they tried to take his Twitter account away from him, the good people at Kenneth Cole, but they didn't because he went back and he did it again with a different tweet, just as offensive. And you're going, come on, people, he must, you must be able to take his phone away. I mean, but the same thing applies to, you know, the tweeter-in-chief right now. You just go, please, how? How does this happen? How can, how can you give people like that license to speak to millions of people and just go so terribly, terribly wrong? Anyways, now, um, I have just one shameless plug to make um, because there are plenty of brands, both big and small. You and I talked about this one brand uh, in Victoria. It was a, a clinic that helps people uh, reshape their bodies, and they used a lot of language that was very not so nice for people who, you know, had bulges around the middle, and it wasn't, it wasn't very nice. So big brands that. and small brands do this all the time. I have a product. It's called BrandDIY.com. Check it out. If you've got a brand and you're worried if you're stepping over the edge, it's a good way to do a temperature check and step back from that edge. So, because I look at this and I go, you know what? If Pepsi would have remembered what they're in the business of doing, what they do best, where that lines up with what people want, this commercial would not have happened. Well, leave it there. I appreciate that. Thank uh, you thank so you much. For, thank you for ruining uh, what could have been a Donald Trump-free broadcast. Up until this, this moment, my show did not include the, uh, the President of the United States until you just made mention of him. But it was a nice pun. Mark Stoiber, always a pleasure. Take care, Thank my you. friend. Thank you. You've been listening to Didn't See It Coming, the podcast about brands that learn from the past, are looking to the future, and are profiting because of it today. I'm your host, Mark Stoiber. If you want to get a hold of me, Drop me an email at mark, M-A-R-C, at markstoiber.com, M-A-R-C-S-T-O-I-B-E-R.com. Have a good one.